Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Path Forward podcast. I'm Savi, and I'm so excited to be here today with Emma Zubak, a Peyton senior and co-founder of Ambitiously Empowered Voices, a feminist organization looking to empower young girls to become leaders and agents of change. Thank you so much for joining me, Emma. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great. So let's jump in. What is Ambitiously Empowered Voices? So, Sylvia, I think you touched on it a little bit, but we are a women's empowerment organization that seeks to educate young girls on topics like feminism, equity, empowerment, positivity, because we really want these girls to understand that they have the power to change the world and to get involved in whatever field that they want. We are specifically focused on politics, but not limited to it. So we want our girls to understand that no matter what you want to do, you have the power to do that, and we're just here to give them the opportunity and the knowledge to be able to get one step closer to their goals. That's amazing. Um, can you give us you know, a quick history? Like, What was the catalyst for starting this organization? Yeah, so the summer after my sophomore year, I participated in a leadership summit called the Global Youth Ambassadors Leadership Summit, and during this summit, I was able to meet with influential women from a variety of fields, politics, STEM, business, and the common theme that these women portrayed in their stories was that um, they had strong female mentors in their lives to help them get through the sexism in their male-dominated fields and to help them persevere and keep going in their work. And so I really saw that this concept of mentorship was so important and really inspired these women and encouraged them to keep going in their work. From there, I realized that mentorship could actually be converted into an organization. And I reached out to Armel um, to get the program going. And that's just basically how we started and why we decided to do this. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, For those of you who don't know, Armel is the co-founder of Ambitiously Empowered Voices. And we will actually be doing another episode on this organization next week featuring Armel. So make sure to look out for that. but that's, you know, a great start to an organization. Um, what have you kind of accomplished so far? Like, what's been your impact? We started off during my junior year in two different Chicago schools um, in different parts of the city. So we basically just went and visited those schools and gave the girls lessons. We also, we have a separate component where we help schools that don't have student governments get their student governments established. The reason that we do that is because we want to make sure that the girls in our women's empowerment program have a strong space to share their voices. So we established a student government at one school and we worked with girls in two different schools. After junior year was over towards the end of the year, we decided that we wanted to expand our program and our reach. So I actually got back in touch with one of the girls from the Global Youth Ambassadors Leadership Summit. She lives in South Korea, and we were talking about this, and she said, oh, hey, like, can I get involved in this program? I think it would be really great, or do I have to live in Chicago? And that just sort of set off a switch in me. I said, no, you don't have to live in Chicago. We can actually be doing this in many, many more places. So That was our first international branch was we established a program in South Korea. And now um, she works with a group of students over there in Busan, South Korea, and she works to empower them and teach them about leadership. From there, we expanded to a total of eight countries on five continents. So we're actually in the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, the U.K., Switzerland, 
Tunisia, Morocco, and then South Korea is our eighth one. So it's really just been all about expanding that reach and empowering girls, not just here in Chicago, but all over the world. That's amazing. That international reach is uh, incredible, especially for an organization that was, you know, started so small. Um, You know, I guess that's kind of the impact of the pandemic. You've also been able to, you know, kind of get in touch with people across the world. Um, How has the pandemic kind of changed like your outreach process and what collaboration looks like? Yeah, so you're absolutely right that the pandemic was, it did provide a little bit of an opportunity that we wouldn't have had before. I had never heard of Zoom before March. And so after learning about it, I realized this is actually a platform that I can use to meet with people similar to how I'd meet in person. I can meet with someone all the way across the world in South Korea and Switzerland and Mexico. And it'll be like an in-person meeting, the same impact of an in-person meeting. So Really, that Zoom platform gave us the ability to expand our organization. But then on the flip side, there have been some difficulties because of COVID-19. Many of our other branches haven't been able to get in schools, at least not right away. So what we did there to solve that issue was we had each of our branches create a quarantine wellness guide, just basically things like how to stay mentally happy um, with everything that's going on, how to stay physically active, different fun activities that you can do with your family, different books you can read about women in leadership. So we sent those um, different presentations to potential schools that we can be in. And even if those schools couldn't have us, they were still very thankful, no matter where in the world they were, they were thankful that their girls now had something that they could use to stay healthy and hopefully stay happy during this really rough time for everyone. Yeah, that's great. I love the emphasis on like well-being during all of this. Um, And that reach is still just like dazzling me. Um, So about how many schools does each branch work with? And, you know, where are you looking to kind of go from there? Yeah, so our Chicago branch is currently in three schools. And in terms of that, we are looking to do some work in expanding. We have the people that go to schools are called ambassadors. And so we have a total of four ambassador pairs and we have two of our ambassador pairs in schools right now. And two of them are um, more on the creating presentation side. They contributed to those wellness presentations because they aren't able to get into schools at the moment. So we are looking to, in Chicago specifically, get into more CPS schools. So if We would really love some help on that and if anyone knows of any schools that they think would love this type of women's empowerment and leadership program we would be happy to go there and then in an international sense we are just looking to cement our international branches um, really make sure that every single one is in a school um, in a virtual space and is giving presentations to girls, is able to be there and just see that growth with the students that we work with. And then the last thing I'll mention in terms of growth is our Mel and I are both going to college next year. So we are gonna continue Ambitiously Empowered Voices in our um, individual schools, but what we're looking to do in Chicago is find new leaders for our Chicago branch. So for any high school girls that are interested in empowerment, leadership, and are looking for a really cool, um, I'd call it a family to join, then we would love to welcome them. I love the sense of community, you know, that you have with that. Um, So how did you get connected to these schools initially? And what does it look like to go in and set up, you know, those student governments or just like, you know, branch out and talk to these younger girls? 
Yeah, so Armel and I called so many schools at the beginning of junior year. We made phone calls, we sent emails. It wasn't easy at all, but we just had to remember that all you need is one school. Back then, at the very start of junior year, it was just Armel and I. So all you need um, is just one school that's gonna take you, and that's what we got. We got one school, eventually we built on that, and it's been two schools. So I would say, honestly, for anybody that's looking to start a similar organization or is in a, in the same place as us, just remember that all you need is one one person that's willing to have you. So that's that's how we expanded um, to our Chicago schools or actually got into our Chicago schools. Um, and then could you remind me what your second question was? Yeah, so it was about, you know, how did you end up setting up those uh, student governments or just reaching out to those younger girls? Yeah, so in in one of our schools that didn't have a student government at all, we needed a teacher sponsor, and then we needed students that were actually interested in running. And that school has some really amazing students that just can't stay after school because of family reasons. They need to go home and take care of siblings. Um, the neighborhood maybe isn't the safest, so their parents want them home earlier. And so that created a barrier in finding students that could actually run for our student government. So what we did was we had the teachers select who they felt were strong students. And then from that pool, whoever wanted to join could join. And we actually, we were going during our seminar days for a while, right after seminar day, we would go to their school. So it would be during their school day, but after ours, just so that as many students um, that wanted to participate could participate. I love addressing, you know, those barriers of inequity. Uh, where else have you seen those, you know, come up and how have you dealt with them or tried to, you know, counteract them? Inequity has been something large that we've been dealing with. We've seen, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I'll expand on it. We've just seen schools that don't have as many resources as we've been really fortunate to have here at Peyton. But just being able to provide some of those resources for the girls. When we were going into schools, we brought them things like markers and those large poster pads that you can use to write on and uh, present your ideas on. So giving the schools some of those resources that we are fortunate to have, that's something that's been huge for us. There's also been um, a gap in sort of some of the ideas. So maybe these students have never been exposed to these ideas before. So just making sure that we're breaking them down and making them really palatable for students that are as young as eight years old and as old as 14, um, making sure that we have that diversity present for ideas that third graders can digest and that we'll be interested in and then ideas that eighth graders can digest and will be interested in. So making sure that we have that wide range of different lessons that we have planned is also how we're helping to close those inequities. That's great. Um, so how do you go about, you know, splitting up those issues and, you know, kind of assigning and teaching them uh, to the girls? One of the things that we taught really recently was the concept of intersectional feminism, which is a pretty big topic. We were giving this lesson to girls ages 12 to 14. So some of the 14 year olds had heard of it before, had experienced it, but some of the 12 year olds had never um, dealt with the idea of intersectional feminism before. So what we did was we had them focus on a word that they may have known, intersection. They might've learned about intersections in their math classes. So they knew it was a point where two different things cross. 
So from there, we brought in the idea of these two different things that are crossing are two different parts of people's identities. So being a woman and then, for example, being a black woman, that dealing with issues that relate to both race and gender, that is an intersectional issue. And so then we brought in the component of feminism by talking about what it means to be a feminist, what it looks like to be a feminist. We had we used a jam board so that they could stay engaged and interactive with the presentation. So we really just tried to break it down into things that they may have already learned in classes that don't necessarily directly relate, but that would still be helpful. That was really instrumental in teaching them what they needed to know for our program. Yeah, that sounds really helpful, you know, breaking down those issues to make them digestible uh, is super important for, you know, teaching young girls and even teaching young people our age, you know, it takes a lot of processing and thought, you know, to go into these kinds of issues. Um, What's been your favorite issue that you've talked about so far, even like specifically within intersectional feminism or just outside of it as well? This isn't necessarily an issue, but it is my favorite activity that we do. We, every week, and I'm sure Armel will touch more on this, but every week we focus on a woman of the week. And we try to employ the um, concept of vicarious efficacy, which is that if you see someone that looks like you doing something, you believe that you can do that too. So we serve primarily women of color. That's why we try to have our leader of the week be a woman of color every single week, a strong woman of color that these young girls can look up to and say, oh, here's someone who looks like me. I can see myself in this woman. She's doing it. I think that I can do it too. And so I guess then if we're focusing more on an issue, it's the issue of lack of representation. I I really love tackling that because there are so many strong, powerful women that just aren't being talked about. Stacey Abrams, for example, we just have started hearing about her, but she's been doing so much incredible work in Georgia for years to flip it blue. So just really being able to expose the girls to that so that they can see that there's more outside of this bubble that the media shows us has been really awesome and rewarding. Yeah, and I love how that relates back to, you know, your basis of the organization, mentorship. It's like you are mentoring them, but then they're also being mentored by these um, amazing, you know, figures that are kind and they're able to, you know, see their work and almost feel as though they're being mentored by those women. Um, so that sounds, you know, like a great experience. Um, and it's really interesting uh, that you're focusing on communities of color because there's definitely a need there. Um, and so it's great to hear about, you know, how you're filling it. Um, so then I guess in over the next few months, you know, are you looking to expand, you know, more on these issues and more to like various communities of color? Or are you going to try and, you know, stick to what you have so far? Yeah, definitely. We are looking to expand to more areas of the city. I mentioned that we're only in three schools and they are more on the north side. There are communities of color that are located more on the north side. So we are looking to expand our reach to schools that are far in the south and west sides, just so that we can reach as many girls as possible. And the way that we can do that, I think, is if we have people that know of schools that need them, um, maybe that have attended those schools before for their own K through eight education and connect us with um, an administrator or a teacher there that they think would be really into this idea, I think that'll be super helpful for us to expand our reach within just Chicago. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, so we are almost out of time. Are there any last few takeaways uh, 
that you know you want everyone to know about ambitiously empowered voices i just really do want to stress that we this has been my family for the past almost two years now and we are always looking to welcome more people into this ambitiously empowered family so if you're a high school girl if you are just a high schooler in general of any gender identity that is interested in empowering young girls to see that they their voices matter in politics in stem and business in just any leadership position then this program is definitely right for you we are looking for new leadership and would, we'd love to welcome you and definitely aud has just been such an amazing way for me to give back to communities that may not have as many resources as communities that i have been a part of throughout my life and just helping to close those inequities and give opportunities to girls who are amazing, intelligent, and that I know will be going far in life. Thank you so much for coming on today, Emma. And again, I want to remind everyone uh, to look out for another episode on Ambitiously Empowered Voices next week with co-founder Armel Balagoon. Um, And, you know, make sure to keep up with that. Uh, Thank you all for listening and make sure to give us a like, share, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Thank you.